You're listening to Deal Talk with 7MA, providing invaluable insight into investment banking and the M&A space through honest conversations with industry thought leaders, business pioneers, and innovators. We'll pull back the curtain and give you the inside scoop on trends in our targeted industries and provide you the tools to better position your company in today's market. We're very excited to have Rob Ladotti from Esri join us today. Rob is the director of Esri's Global Partners and Alliances. Uh, we've asked Rob to join us today ahead of the Esri Partner Conference taking place on March 7th through 9th in Palm Springs. Seven Mile will be attending and speaking at the conference at one o'clock on March 8th. Well, Rob, uh, thanks for joining us here today on 7MA Talks. Thank you, Rory. It's a real pleasure to be here this morning. Great. Well, I know we've had a few conversations already, uh, but I'm excited to get you on the podcast platform to discuss the things that we've been working on. Uh, so, Rob, why don't you, you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Rob Ladati, and I'm the Director of Global Partners and Alliances at Esri. Um, for those of you who may not be familiar with Esri, we're a market leader in what's called the geospatial technology domain and uh, just reached our 50th year in business. And I have offices around the world deploying geospatial technology in a variety of different forms. So we know Azure pretty well, obviously an absolute giant in the geospatial markets. For some of our listeners who aren't that familiar just yet, uh, why don't you give us a brief background on on who Azure is today, how it started, and the trajectory that it's on right now? Yeah. So it's been an interesting journey for the company. Um, It it was founded, uh, again, 50 years ago by Jack Dangerman and his wife. And... uh, Jack is a landscape architect, and the company started primarily as a professional services organization, and they found through developing projects for their clients that there was a real demand for repeatable software to do the types of mapping and planning that they were doing at a project level. So uh, in the early 80s, a software portfolio was developed. Um, You may have heard it in the old days. It was called ArcInfo. And uh, now the platform has evolved over those last 30 years to be a broad array of on-premise enterprise as well as cloud and SaaS-based solutions um, for for all kinds of different clients. Uh, Over those years, uh, there's been a tremendous business built up for government in all forms, local, state, and, and federal government. And today, that still represents over 60% of our business. Uh, however, in the last few years, with some of the evolution of technology and, and what I like to call the democratization of spatial technology, we've seen a real growth in several, in many different commercial markets, um, including utilities and, and, and areas like retail and manufacturing, and, and particularly in those uh, commercial spaces. These are organizations that probably would never deploy a traditional GIS system, but they're very interested in incorporating spatial technology uh, into their operational business flow. And and we've coined a term to address that side of the business, which we call location intelligence. And it's a very different form from where the company was at its start, Uh, but it's 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 an amazing area that's growing very rapidly and, and really is one of the reasons I'm here today is to talk about the growth of our partners who are delivering those types of solutions. Absolutely. And Rob, you know, the, the vast majority of our clients are tech enabled business services providers. 
a significant portion of them are tiered partners of a technology vendor. You know, think AWS, Microsoft, Salesforce, Oracle, etc. And they belong to a robust partner network ecosystem, uh, which makes them very attractive to investors. Uh, given that this is obviously a, a main focus of our chat today, and considering the amount of activity and demand for the Esri Partner Program, uh, why don't you tell us a little more about this prolific ecosystem um, that you're building out and what you're seeing in the space? Because uh, obviously, as you mentioned, there's wide industry adoption. Yeah. So today, as we speak, we've just crossed the 2,600 level threshold of, of partners in our ecosystem. We're very proud of that growth over the past few years. But to your point and, and to the trends that we're, we're talking about here, the mix of those partners is changing rapidly. And, and the historical partner is a extender of our technology and or uh, a service provider to implement ArcGIS technology. And over the years, Esri has tried and, and been very, quite successful, actually, in being a platform company. Um, and as we've grown that service well by providing a you know robust and, and ever-evolving platform for customers and for partners to develop specific vertical market solutions. So now, as this, these trends evolve and we move into these new markets, including various commercial areas, that handoff between uh, Esri and, and its partners is becoming ever more important as, as the business scales. So we're always looking for new and innovative companies who are now delivering business solutions to these markets. And geospatial technology may be just one element. And to your point around cloud and, and SaaS trends and, and the, the rise of uh, hosted environments through Microsoft and AWS and, and Google, et cetera, we're seeing that reflected in our partner ecosystem as well. And so we're both seeking out, but also companies who maybe aren't traditional GIS companies, but they are certified AWS implementation providers and managed service providers, seeing that opportunity in the spatial technology domain and coming to us and asking about how can I leverage your technology within my portfolio of offerings in the cloud. And so we've really seen probably over the last two years, that dynamic really shift of a new, a new breed of company that's interested in working with us in, in this more modern and, and SaaS-based world. Yeah, and we, we've seen that in, in the robustness of your ecosystem. You're really building this thing out. I mean, you, you've got a startup program. You've got a tiered partner program, which is what we usually see in the market. You've got built-out alliances, complementary technology, and even hardware. And these things, yeah. uh, there, there's, there's fantastic evidence of how it's actually working. Um, a great example would be you know, the, the recent acquisition of CityWorks to Trimble. So it's a great example of you know, a top-tier, every partner being recognized as an industry leader and eventually being acquired by one of the major strategics in the space. You know, this acquisition yeah. it enables CityWorks to leverage Trimble's global footprint and exposure to multiple industries. But that's like a, that's a fantastic example of how it works out for a company. But you, you, you've developed a startup program and a well-oiled tiered program. Yeah. So for, for vendors or, or potential vendors in, in, interested in the space, like what, what are you looking for? Like how does the relationship get started? And what, what are some of the perks that come mm. in this program? Yeah, the, the CityWorks opportunity was was very interesting to see, and, and we're seeing that pattern emerge throughout our network. And and as you noted, of those 2,600 
partners, they range from the smallest startups, which are, you know, we have a, a criteria of under three years old and generating less than a million dollars in revenue. And we have over 400 startups in, in that ecosystem, all the way to an alliance program where we work with the largest technology companies, including SAP, Cisco, uh, Microsoft, AWS, and others. And so it, to answer your question, Rory, it, it depends what we're looking for. In that startup area, we're looking for really two things. One is just innovative technology. Um, and often as these companies are forming their business plans, they are a technology-first company looking for ways to deploy it and, and markets to serve. And so we can provide a lot of support um, in those cases to uh, bring that technology and that company to uh, industries that we, that we serve, and, and we can you know, essentially do that matchmaking. At the more strategic end, when we look at companies like CityWorks, who have a you know very mature practice in a variety of asset management regimes, um, we're really looking for companies who have a not only a GIS background and maturity, but also are you know driving with Esri technology and understand how popular it is and and again, as we look to partners to deliver the actual business solutions, we really do rely and depend on them to be essentially the face of Esri and and, and work very closely with us um, as a true partner. And, and in many cases, we're supporting them either in a co-sell fashion or in a uh, kind of a, a second level support uh, type engagement. But but again, we're, we're, we're always looking for organizations that are in that in that strategic tier that are leading with Esri technology and can really educate the customer about the benefits of not only GIS but also of Esri. And uh, you know, at the, at the far end with our uh, alliance program, you know, we're we're really looking to make sure that our technology is relevant and and modernized and and, a, and an active participant in this new you know evolution of of, of SaaS-based technology, and so we're 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 really um, uh, grateful for having interactions with some of these companies who are educating us and and working with us closely to bring our technology and make it a first-order citizen in those ecosystems. Yeah, a pretty incredible ecosystem to be part of. Um, you know, getting to leverage the technologies, capabilities, and leadership that comes with being part of with your organization. I mean. Uh, Esri's Geospatial yeah. Cloud, yeah. Um, some pretty advanced mapping and spatial analytics technology. The perks are pretty obvious. But based on that and the graduation that, that the partners can go through, are you seeing the same kind of increase in demand from investors, acquirers, and potential partners out there for, for your specific partners? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, across the board, we're seeing all kinds of demand. First of all, let me start with we're seeing incredible interest in working with Esri and I'm fascinated by these statistics, but they're, they're consistent. We're seeing in, in, you know, we're, we're, we're not a, um, we're not a high, we don't do a high level of recruiting for partners. And so even in a kind of more reactive mode, we're, we're seeing 30 to 40 partners join the ecosystem every month. And that's an amazing statistic. And it's, it's been fairly consistent for the last 18 months. And, and with that and with the ecosystem that Esri has, even smaller companies who are joining, 
startups included, we're seeing a real drive to do business globally. And that's, that's an interesting, again, change over the last few years of companies who are starting with a business plan says, hey, we want to go global. And we look at Esri to help us participate in that global economy. But really, to your point, what we're seeing, um, the dynamic we're seeing in the community right now is lots of partners working with other partners. And frankly, that's how the, the city works and Tremble engagement started. There was a, uh, both are very, very strategic partners of, of Esri's, and, and we work very closely with both of those companies independently. But they work, started working together and found real value and synergies together. And, and, and that partner to partner is stimulating all kinds of business activity, but also investment and acquisition activity. And, and we see this pattern repeat itself now over and over again, where partners meet each other, find mutual business interest, and then that often leads to some type of, of um, further relationship. Another that just closed and is out in the market uh, place is um, two strategic partners of ours, uh, Cartograph, who works in the asset management space, partnered first and then acquired another partner of ours called Penbay Solutions. Um, which does indoors facilities management. So it was a perfect marriage of two companies who broadly had the same uh, business goal of providing facilities and asset management, but they marry up sort of the outside and the inside and now have a, a very compelling combined organization. So we're seeing that start to really ramp up and become more of a common pattern uh, around the world. So it's an interesting dynamic and we're, we're, we're very proud and, and pleased to be part of it and helping to stimulate some of those early discussions. It is. I mean, these are all great signs of, of markets, the market proving out and maturing. Um, you know, some consolidation examples right there of a company becoming a, a full stack geospatial solution provider is a great example. And so you mentioned it's global. Yeah. I mean, we're doing deals globally. We're seeing a lot of, a lot of demand down in Latin America. Europe as well. So like, are there any geographies that you're seeing a significant increase in demand or is it just across the board? Yeah. Great question. Great question. So um, just from a, from a Esri Dynamics perspective, um, we do about um, um, just, just roughly about half of our business in, in the U.S. And, and about half around the world. And um, there are some mature markets as you go outside of the U.S. and there are some rapidly growing, growing ones. I would say from a from just a, a vector of growth perspective, certainly the uh, Middle East and Africa area is is nascent and um, starting to mature. There's lots of investment in in technology and infrastructure um, in the Middle East and Africa, and with that, um, there's a real rise in demand and interest in spatial technologies. Um, you look at some of the infrastructure, civil infrastructure, and building that's going on. Um, in some of those countries, and and that drives all kinds of demand for planning and design software, and then bringing that into operations. And 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 in fact, you know, this bit of a cliche now in terms of a market, but we talk about smart cities as a a real new growth area. And and in those developing countries, they they sort of have that mentality to start as they're building out their cities. So so certainly that area, um, while it's it's really a startup economy and, and um, it's, it's early days still, but, but there's lots of activity and lots of need um, there. Another, another area that I think is really starting to, 
to pick up quickly is, is Latin and South America. Um, you know, we have some really strong distributors in, in, in Latin American and South American countries, and they're starting to, to grow quickly, and, and their growth is fueled by partnerships. And so um, companies who can and, and are eager to do business in either of those areas have, have I think, some real tremendous opportunities. Not to say some of the more mature economies like Europe and, and the APAC regions are, are slowing, but they've been high level and quite active. But in terms of growth, I would I'd pick out those two geographies as places to really look at whether you can do business in those countries and whether that could be part of your business plan, because there's certainly demand there. Very similar thesis on our side. That's actually great to hear. You know, a great example of... of I'll just add one more comment there, and, and I think, um, again, in, 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 in the world that we see today with our partners and, and just the way the world has become more virtual, we've had this discussion a variety of times, and, and what we're learning is that it, it, it does, you don't necessarily, as an organization, uh, need to have a persistent presence in those areas. If you have the right technology and the right solution set and the right business plan, we're finding that that can that work can flow to a variety of places in the world, and and certainly again we have a variety of layers of the organization that can support you. But just in general, we're seeing a, a real virtual economy grow up, and so companies who are based in the U.S. are doing business in in the EMEA region and and vice versa. So it's it's really become much much easier to do business globally, um, particularly if you're working in the in the cloud space. So it's a, again another dynamic that's really fostering the growth of, of partnerships and expanding business in this um, location intelligence domain. You know, so we we've um, recently closed and announced uh, one of our geospatial deals, a uh, really successful one, actually a great case study on the industry in general. You know, family-owned legacy surveying firm that over time uh, became more of a tech-enabled or highly tech-enabled geospatial firm uh, with imagery, analytics, uh, internal software. And the the buyer candidate pool was one of the largest we've ever had. Uh, the demand was somewhat overwhelming. Uh, we actually had to staff up on this on this mandate. But it's really indicative of you know both investors, uh, you know, financial sponsors, strategics. Um, they they want to know they're investing in companies that are, that are tied to a fundamentally strong industry an ecosystem with, with obvious tailwinds and growing demand for their respective services and products. There's something highly appealing to investors about a company with technology that is already proven in the market. And that's how the technology vendor partner ecosystem has grown uh, to be a space that's, that's highly appealing to investors. And it essentially takes the guesswork out because you know, the R&D is already taking place. The solution is already proven yeah. out in the market. Um, so you know, there are obvious nuances to this with acquirers um, having varying varying appetites for different models like value-added resellers or, or premium aspects like offering custom solutions built on top of their respective technologies. However, you know, a lot of that guesswork is taken out by a company being part of a proven technology ecosystem and a growing demand yeah. for the underlying product. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. That, that is a great point. And, and, and because of the, the, the history of Esri and, and the maturity of, of our technology in the marketplace, it is a trusted brand and, and, a, and a trusted technology portfolio. And we do our best to try and reinforce that through our network of providing certifications and specializations that 
allow partners not only to learn the technology and, and um, you know, be able to do business with, with it, but also it reinforces their position with, with, as a partner in the marketplace. And, and we try and support that through driving a bit of awareness around these specializations. And, and that gives, should give customers confidence to work with a particular partner. So um, we're trying to build that, uh, that area of, of certifications and, and really allow partners to leverage that mature technology and then prove to the market that, that they know how to work with it and deploy it. So, you know, that's, that's always an area of evolution, but it, it does start with uh, a mature technology set, which I do think has been a real benefit to our ecosystem as they walk into companies, even if they're not GIS savvy, chances are they've they've heard of Esri. And in fact, um, over the last few months, many of you may have seen um, one of a variety of, of media placements, either on television or uh, billboards at airports. Um, and there's been some other types of, of media uh, around a campaign that, that we've been running at Esri called See What Others Can't. And uh, it was really designed to try and raise awareness in, in the, those non-traditional markets that we were speaking of a few minutes ago to bring awareness to essentially Fortune 500 companies around um, Esri and its position in the marketplace as a spatial technology leader. Yeah, I mean, there is still a lot of education out there in the market for, you know, what what is geospatial? Uh, what, what are the solutions? How, how are they applicable to, to my firm? Which is great. I mean, because deals are already taking place, partner ecosystems are already being built out, which just means we're at the beginning of this. Big, big curve ahead for us. I mean, and there's some really awesome examples yeah. out there of, of high demand uh, technology vendor ecosystems right now. You know, with the rise of cloud computing, cloud services, AWS partners have been in a pretty high demand. Uh, much can be said for Microsoft partners as well, um, especially Azure partners. So there are examples of, of tech partner ecosystems experiencing significant tailwinds and being in the middle of next generation digital transformation. I mean, that's just highly applicable across the board. And much like ships rising with the tide, uh, the partners in their respective ecosystems experience that demand uh, for the product that they're selling. As this demand manifests, it starts to attract investors and acquirers as they're essentially out there chasing growth. So they recognize yeah. the industry cycle, the proven technology, and the tech, mar- and the tech, past- um, <laughs> tech partners' uh, sales pipeline. Um, it's highly synergistic being part of these ecosystems. And because of this, you know, we're seeing companies sell at really high multiples. It only creates more demand and uh, builds out the ecosystem to something robust. And it's almost self, self-fulfilling in its, in its growth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and exactly right. And, and, and um, you know, I think that, that, that term and that, that motion in the marketplace around digital transformation is, is an absolute key driver and it's stimulating the, the, the geospatial domain like many others. And, uh, you know, the motion that we see happening over and over again is um, as organizations start to pursue a digital transformation journey, they look at they look at their asset management operations, for example, or their 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 geospatial their their planning regime in their organization. And it it, it becomes quickly uh, at or near the top of the list of transformational activities. Primarily because GIS as a technology is, is high levels of computing and potentially high levels of storage. So it becomes ripe for automation 
and uh, moving from an on-premise um, scenario into uh, a hosted and, and managed services type environment. So we're seeing this technology sort of show up as a as a first mover as companies start to act on their digital transformation strategy. So it, it, to your point, it, it really is sort of a nice feedback loop, and and uh, that motion is now driving more awareness and and more participants in in the space. So um, yeah, it's it's really a, a very interesting time, and I would just add that. Um, you know, I, I tell this story quite a bit. In my early career, was spent in the GPS industry, and and at that point, GPS was extremely difficult to work with. Um, you know, selective availability and differential GPS, and understanding um, how and when to do corrections. It was really, it was really rocket science uh, back in the day. And now you look at GPS technology and there are multiple constellations of various countries and working together and, you know, everything we do is has GPS in it. In fact, I just put in a thermostat in my home the other day and, and there's a geofencing option there. So the, the thermostat can know when I'm close by and turn itself on. And, and, and that's a classic GIS activity. Um, and so it's become part of our everyday lives. And, and I, I think we're on the cusp of seeing that with broader geospatial technology as well, where it's just becoming part of every business's operations, even if they're not a quote-unquote GIS organization. So so all these factors come together to create, I think, a, a, a really uh, wonderful opportunity that probably spans for quite a while uh, in terms of getting involved in, in this technology domain and moving into that that cloud and hosted environment to serve a variety of different customers, perhaps as a bit of a long tail, you know, where the the the, the days of, of large geospatial deployments, while they're still there, that's a fairly mature industry. But the opportunity to bring spatial into business operations is an ever-increasing, high-volume, high-transaction-type business. And I think it's a real opportunity for for companies, um, young and old, to get involved. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, ESRI is part of this next-generation digital transformation shift, definitely plugged into the alternate data stream as a trend, and part of this self-perpetuating innovation taking place with the rise of cloud enablement and cloud computing. Uh, I think the geospatial cloud yeah. certainly has a long way ahead. And um, it's, it's certainly proven out. I mean, like, so we're, we're M&A advisors, and we've actually had some great success advising companies in the tech vendor space. Um, we've advised some very successful companies, and uh, we've done about you know, over five deals in the Microsoft space, uh, over five deals in the Oracle space, and over 10 deals in the Salesforce partner space. So we certainly we, we pride ourselves in positioning our clients at the forefront of their respective technology wave. You know, Seven Mile was there at the beginning of the Salesforce ecosystem development, covering those companies early on, and as a result, we you know we advised over ten partners and transactions, um, and continue to do so. And this is essentially how we're viewing yeah. it right now. You know, it's a developing partner ecosystem in its early stage with demand drastically increasing year over year. You know, with your your monthly additions, that's just one side of the funnel. Uh, there's exits as well. So obviously, this is why we're excited to help uh, and be a resource to the Esri partner ecosystem, you know, offer advisory around growth strategy, access to strategic capital, and advisory around potential exit opportunities. 
we currently have um, an Esri Platinum partner right now as a client. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure working with them. And uh, the benefits um, of being part of this leading geospatial ecosystem are obvious. The technology has a significant majority market share, and it's so deeply embedded in all levels of the geospatial stack. Um, obviously, you know, uh, location intelligence being the lead right now, but we think that Esri partners have a very exciting road ahead of them. Yeah, and I, I really, uh, on a personal note, I'm 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 really excited about working with you and your staff because um, you know, as as a, a, a manager and a, and a leader of, of bringing our partner ecosystem along and making sure that it's successful, I see that there's a real need as this demand curve starts to really build up for many of these organizations who have really not considered what strategic investment would be required to grow and, and particularly. You know, when, when these, um, partner to partner activities come along and, and, and there's acquisition discussions and certainly your, your point about working with some of the larger organizations, we see real opportunity to marry up some of our more traditional partners with large organizations like Microsoft and, and, uh, Oracle and IBM and others. It might not be a, an acquisition. It might be an investment. It might just be another partner activity where they become partners of those organizations, but, um, there's a real need for um, expertise in all of those areas, and I'm 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 really pleased and grateful that you're working with us to kind of provide that service to our partners and make sure that they, uh, you know, they they kind of follow the right path in terms of of their business growth. So I think it's going to be a real great journey going forward, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how we can. Uh, together with our partners, sort of make two plus two equal six or seven and, and, and really grow the space. <laughs> we're, we're just as excited. Uh, glad, glad to be part of it. You know, it's, we, we, we want to be there, um, you know, help, help these partners. As we're noticing such a steady increase in the demand for you know, the application uh, of geospatial techniques and solutions. Um, there's, there's, there's indications out there of the market maturing. There's obvious widespread adoption and, and the competition is high. This, this attracts money. It attracts a lot of, of buzz, hype, investment dollars. And we're seeing this in forms of transactions and investments. Uh, I'm, I'm so used to, I mean, as, as we track geospatial transactions very closely, we're so used to seeing the, the investment size in terms of seed and VC investments. But now we're seeing checks that are significantly above 50 million. So there's just, there's a graduation taking place. Some real, real blockbuster deals last year, you know, quantum spatial being acquired by NV5. You know, it's, it's an example of one of the largest geo deals mm-hmm. of the year or, or Northern private capital acquiring specific technologies from Maxar Technologies and the, the ULC and MDA systems for, I think the big check was a billion dollars, uh, what Canadian dollars. I mean, the, the, these are huge, huge indicators of what's to come. So as I mentioned, we tracked these closely. We, we, we mentioned the, the CityWorks transaction to Trimble, a fantastic example of a leader in the space. I recognize every partner. And even firms like Cape Analytics getting investment from State Farm Ventures. So you know, this company that provides property intelligence using AI and geospatial imagery and playing a large role in the insurance and reinsurance companies in evaluating properties. It's an awesome example of the widespread adoption, geospatial being a legacy mapping at least when, when, when you think of geospatial, but now you've got these things doing aerial imagery, insurance claims, other firms out there like Eagle View Technologies, uh, private equity portfolio company, just awesome examples of what's happening right now. You know, are, are you seeing the same thing with your partners? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and you alluded to a very interesting subset of, of the activity, and that is um, the, really the combination of uh, a, a real increase and, and um, again, consumerization of, of what used to be a very difficult data acquisition play um, in terms of remote sensing, paired with the rise of, of artificial intelligence and machine learning to effectively provide insights on top of that um, collected data. That, that area is exploding for, for us and, and for the industry. Um, the, the, the rise of not only um, large satellite organizations who are um, developing constellations that are you know, ever increasing in resolution and providing far more frequent coverage. There's a whole startup community in that space that's, that's uh, driving the small sat technology. Again, areas of the earth now are covered not every week or every month, but every six hours. There's data all the way down to, you know, high-level drones, of course, um, low-level drones as well. So an explosion of data followed by the ability of organizations to build out um, AI and, and, and ML models to look for insights, whether it's feature extraction or object detection or pattern matching or, or object following, all kinds of opportunities in the space that are just really exploding. And that's that that is a great example of of really what I was referring to earlier in the podcast with respect to that's not necessarily a, a geo a, a, a thirty year geospatial expertise. That's a very modern artificial intelligence practice that has an application against a a, a geospatial uh, data uh, sample. So, you know, these, this, that's really a great example and then applied to the insurance industry, um, where you're looking for signs of risk and, and post, post, post disaster, whether you can automate some of the, um, policy processes. That, 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 that whole chain there is a, a perfect example of that modern solution and, and, and that modern partner or business that would have great opportunities in, in this current dynamic that's going on. So, yeah, um, we see that repeat itself in every industry. And so for companies who are on, on any side or in the middle of that ecosystem, whether you're a content provider, data aggregator, or if you're over on the other end um, doing, you know, uh, forming an AI practice, you know, the opportunity to apply that to a specific industry is, is wide open space and and huge demand for it. Yeah, and it really helps that there's peripheral influences in terms of geospatial data stack. I mean, you got you got influences on data acquisition, along with on the other side of the spectrum with data visualization and analytics. So just great influences all around, uh, just really driving this industry forward. Yeah. Obviously, awesome seeing satellites. Yeah. Satellites now. I mean, the constellations increasing. A lot of investment dollars going into it. I'm um, just given the economies of scale taking place. Uh, these satellites are something smaller than a microwave. And it helps that you got new players entering the launch space. So the cost of launch is going down as well. And all these things feed into the overall cost and capabilities. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, that, that opportunity is really well tuned with where Esri is going as well. Again, platform provider. We're, we're, we're not an AI company, but we're providing the framework to allow organizations to 
build up those solutions and models within within the ecosystem. But then also what I what I have seen repeat itself over and over again, and I think really some of the the the, the highest level of value that that Esri technology is providing is around the dissemination of those results and, and providing the insights to a, a wide variety of constituents. And, and you can see it in Esri's technology platform, but, but it really has evolved to be a real benefit to partners is the ability to not only bring those capabilities into the platform and build out solutions, but then through various means of desktop, web, mobile, dashboard-type technology, be able to bring bring those results to all ends of an organization, whether it's their field service organization or you know other business areas that are again are way outside the engineering department or the GIS department. And that, again, these are all all uh, all different aspects of of the same digital transportation digital transformation motion that is really making for I think a a, a unique and exciting opportunity for partners to be part of the Esri ecosystem, leverage the mature technology, and be part of, of, of that uh, digital transformation um, activity that's going on in, in many different industries. So, yeah, it's, it's just an exciting time. And, um, and I think with that, we're going to see a lot more of companies trying to grow, um, trying to grow quickly, trying to expand their business around the world. And so, you know, organizations like Seven Mile, are, are, I imagine you're going to be really busy over the next few years, Rory. <laughs> um, and, uh, a great opportunity to help some of these companies find their way and, and, and make the right decisions around how to grow their business. Indeed. And uh, for our listeners out there, I mean, we'll be uh, speaking at the Esri Partner Conference coming up here uh, March 7th. And um, so, Rob, yeah. for some of the listeners out there, I mean, it's the evidence is obvious. I mean, your, your partner network has grown to over 2,600 partners. But for those who are aspiring to be part of your partner ecosystem or want to learn more about it, what's the best way for them to get in contact or find resources online? Yeah. Well, first, I, want, I do want to thank you in advance for participating with us um, in our partner conference. Uh, we meet uh, together uh, once a year in March in Palm Springs, and it really is the stimulus for, for the discussion we're having today. It's the opportunity for partners, old and new, to get together and, and meet each other and understand how to work with Esri better, but also how to work with each other. And so um, there's certainly opportunities um, for those of you listening today to uh, participate in that event, if you're interested in finding out more about uh, partnering at Esri, but 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 there's simpler uh, ways. Uh, we we have a, a variety of resources at Esri.com. So if you just uh, go to our website and and do a search on partners, uh, you'll find uh, a variety of resources that are available to you on the different partner programs that are available, and you can register interest, and and that'll flow back to the team here in Redlands, California, and we'll definitely reach out and be very interested in speaking with you more about your technology and or your, your business interests. I'm also happy to, to speak with you directly. You can reach me at uh, rladati at esri.com. It's R-L-A-U-D-A-T-I at esri.com um, and have a casual conversation about what you're trying to achieve and whether 
it might make sense to explore partnerships at, at entry. But uh, we are looking forward to the conference and we're looking forward to, Rory, um, your presentation and, and um, you know, really the start of educating our, our ecosystem formally on, um, on how it all works and, and what they should be looking for. And I think that's, frankly, a missing element right now is we have uh, many, many companies who are being, other organizations are reaching out to them and they're not sure how to respond and what decisions to make. So I think your, your contribution will be invaluable here and, and, and hopefully you'll see, um, quite a bit of, of interest by the community to, you know, work with you and, and understand how to navigate this very complex field that we're, that we're seeing evolve today. Complex and very exciting. Well, Rob, it's, it's been an yeah, absolute pleasure. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you next week at the conference. It's been great connecting on the podcast here today. I'm glad we could get the message out there, yeah. um, offer some some education, obviously with more to follow next week. For listeners who want to learn more about this, um, obviously, you know, we have plenty of contact information on our website. Rob's offered his and obviously happy to have another conversation. Rob, thanks again. Um, yeah. been great connecting with you and uh, looking forward to seeing you in person next week. All right. Thank you also, Roy. I really appreciate the time with you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Deal Talk with 7MA. You'll find more information and resources based on today's discussion exclusively on our website. If you're looking to dive deeper into today's topics, head to 7mileadvisors.com to speak to one of our bankers today. That's the number 7, M-I-L-E-A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S.com. 7M Securities does not make any investment recommendation for any company or security that was discussed, nor does the firm offer any tax advice. Consult your tax advisor for any tax matter that might apply to you or your business. 